Welcome to It's All Her, the podcast for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to itsallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to It's All Her. How are you? I feel like I haven't spoken to you properly on here in a very long time. There's been lots happening for us behind the scenes at It's All Her. Personally, I've had a lot going on. My endometriosis is just really packing a punch at the moment. So sometimes I just, I don't know, I feel like I don't have the capacity mentally to come on here and record a proper intro and sound happy and upbeat, but I realize that I don't always have to sound happy and upbeat. So here I am recording from my bed with a heat pack on. There is a lot to update you on. I posted a reel to my personal Instagram the other night about the first half of 2023 and how it ended in a bit of a surprise. And lots of you thought that I was pregnant, but that's not the case. This is a work-related surprise, but there has still been a lot of baby talk in this house recently. So my specialists for endometriosis, together with my GP, have said that the best time to try for another baby will be straight after my endometriosis surgery, whenever that may be. And they've also said that if we decide not to try for a baby after the surgery, the best thing to do to slow the growth of the endometriosis and my adenomyosis would be to either insert a marina or go on some kind of contraception Um some kind of contraceptive pill so yeah there's kind of a bit of pressure to make a decision and I already feel a lot of pressure around the idea of actually trying for a baby because Evie was such a wonderful surprise and then since having her we've had a few losses and losses that we weren't necessarily trying for but they still were traumatic so I feel like by committing to trying for a baby It will make it even worse if we have a loss. I don't know if that makes sense or if some people can relate to that, but that's just where my head is at. There's a really weird sense of guilt that I felt for being devastated for losing something that I wasn't necessarily trying for. And both my husband and I, we both go in and out of committing to the idea of really wanting another one. And then sometimes we think, oh, Do we really want to go back to that baby stage? There's a lot to think about and consider. And when I posed the question to you all on my Instagram of, you know, when do you know if you're done or not? So many of you said, if you're questioning yourself, you are not done. And I would love it if it was just that simple. But to me, there is so much to consider. There are financial stresses in our life at the moment, as there is with everyone. Pregnancy didn't treat me very well the first time. I feel like my work would suffer. So as much as I would love it to be as simple as, well, we don't feel like we're done, so let's go for it. It just doesn't feel that simple to me. I would love to know your thoughts. Um, Yeah, slide into our DMs on Instagram. We might throw up a Facebook post about this as well, but my private DMs are always open and I've had so many amazing conversations with so many of you, men and women, talking about adding more children to your family dynamic and how that's played out. And even some people being really brave enough to admit that they've had the second child and sometimes do regret it. 
let's have a change of pace and get to this week's guest, Robin Lawley. Robin was the very first plus-size model to be shot for Australian Vogue. And I say plus-size in inverted commas because she was actually a size 12 to 14, which is the average size of an Australian woman. So you be the judge if that's plus-size or not. I sat down with Robin to hear how she feels about being labelled a plus-size model, the relationship she has with food and her weight, especially since becoming a mother, and what it's like sending her child to school in America. Here's my chat with Robin Lawley. Robin, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast this week. I'm really excited to hear about your life, your work, and your brand new role as ambassador for Inica Organic. Before we talk about your work at the moment, can we take it back to little Robin? What was her aspirations? What were her goals? I don't think I've ever been little before in my life. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe when I was in my room with my mother. Um, yeah, uh, nothing that special. I just grew up in Sydney West. Uh, I had sisters. I was one of three, um, but I always wanted to travel. So I was really into wanting to get out of the world of Australia. I wanted to see the world. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing. Too much to report. I really love the great outdoors. You know, I really loved uh, Mother Nature. And um, my mum was really good at instilling how important trees are. And uh, every Sunday we would go tree planting, for example, um, to help rebuild just like local parks and stuff. Um, So I was really into just, you know, tree planting and picking up garbage and things like that. So she really instilled that in me. Yeah. Is that something that you now pass on to your daughter? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, she lives in a, we were in Wilderness 360 up here. We're upstate New York. So I say New York and everyone's like, aren't you in this city? But I'm upstate New York. Uh, And upstate New York is actually really beautiful, like Catskill Mountains. It's incredible. I I had no idea um, when I was in Australia and then I moved to New York City and then I learned about the Catskills. You were the first Australian model plus size. I use that term in quotation marks because the average size of a woman in Australia is 12 to 14, Um, but you were the first plus size model on Australian Vogue. What was that experience like for you and how do you relate to the term plus size? Um, it was a really big experience at the time, just because at the time we'd never witnessed any size of my size in Vogue, for example. Um, so at the time it was just a really big deal and I was really excited. Now looking back, I kind of just get angry as a mother. I'm like, why is it taking so long? Like, why is that the time? Like we should have had many women and, you know, it should be really diverse. And I don't see why clothes can't be shown on, you know, diverse bodies. I don't see the problem in that. And, uh, you know, we go to fittings as models because they're all like, yeah, yeah, but models have to be this one size. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit too. Cause at the fittings, they fit the clothes to us. So, you know, we can use yeah. different sizing for, for the fittings and for the runways so I, it was it was a huge moment in my life and um, I was really thrilled to be a part of it and now I can see the changes of what's happened afterwards and stuff. Do you think the, the term plus size is damaging when plus size refers to what the average size of an Australian woman is? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. 
I think the whole term is stupid. You know, I never, yeah. I never wanted the term. It was a term given to me. You know, I just, I wanted to work. So as a, you know, a young girl, uh, a model, I didn't work when I was uh, trying to be skinny. And then when I gained weight and they were like, well, you're not going to work as this size, but you can work as a plus size model. I was like, whatever, call me whatever. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to work, I'm going to work. Like I just, it didn't yeah. seem to bother me too much back then. But um, How do you go about repairing your relationship with your body when you're constantly being told that you need to change in order to work? Yeah, uh, it's very damaging. And I've I witnessed a lot of girls, my friends, uh, when I moved to New York City, the big guns, like a lot of girls, there's just so many models come to the city. It's just like this huge melting pot of models and like all these yeah. agencies. And there are a lot of unregulated agencies and the girls like they get told all kinds of stuff and they'll get told straight to the face if they need to lose weight. Measurements are being done like the first thing when they walk in. Uh, so I lived by like through them though because I had a much different experience. You know, I was like, you're fine just the way you are. <laughs> I was like, woohoo, you know, like don't change anything. I was like, this is great. Um, but one of my best friends, uh, Flynn, she lasted a year and got kicked out basically because she wasn't thin enough and I'm telling you this girl's the thinnest you've ever seen her because she's my height but really skinny and and it just wasn't skinny enough and wasn't skinny enough and the measurements measurements they always care about these measurements you know and then she just couldn't get the measurements down because she's tall you know when you're tall like I'm tall your measurements are going to be larger you know so anyway So if your daughter came to you and said, mum, I want to be a model, what would your reaction be? Uh, Yeah, totally. Go for it. You can be a model. Um, And, you know, I'd love her to be a health fitness model and to, you know, just love her body as it is and, you know, just do it like I was happy, I have to say, when I did go to New York City and when I did do curve or model or accepted just the plus size model, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I never got told to lose weight. And I have to say that was really a refreshing change, you know, to never have to change my body. Yeah. So what does work look like for you now? Cause you're really busy. I know. Well, I'm so like thrilled to be doing this new Anika um, beauty brand ambassadorship and that was another thing that we never really got considered for was beauty, um, you know, brands because it was just always like straight size models only. And we never got to go to the castings and we never got, you know, it was just a stupid world, you know, that we weren't a part of. And now finally, once again, the doors have opened. And so jewelry brands and makeup brands and, you know, shoe brands, they're all opening up to diversity finally and um, this makeup brand, though, I'm I'm so happy because it's vegan. It's cruelty free because you know you could be vegan, but you might not be cruelty free, which I didn't know. Um, and it's or- yeah, I know, crazy and organic, and it's like my dream comes true. And it's mainly all glass, the packaging, so it's like Robin's dream product all in one. So. <laughs> 
When did you make the move to living a vegan life and being more, I guess, conscious of your footprint? I mean, I know that you said before that you've always been conscious of the environment and trees. Have you always been vegan? Uh, I was vegan as a teenager for animals and trying to do for my footprint then <laughs> all my teenager friends will remember me as a vegan then and annoying them <laughs> every week um and then I actually went back to eating meat you know because because I actually was sick and tired of being the odd one out I hated it you know I hated being annoying I felt like I was annoying people and I was the odd one out and I was on set and someone was like Robin what do you want for lunch and they they were getting lunch orders and I just was like, whatever anyone else is having, I'll have. And that was it. And then I went back to eating meat and then I went back to doing a cookbook. And then I went like, I fell in love with food all over again and released this decadent dishes cookbook, but then I got really sick. So it kind of had a 180 effect on me and my body. Unfortunately, Um, meat and dairy is very inflammatory and, uh, it had a profound effect on my body and I didn't know I had hidden lupus at the time. And after my daughter was born, um, I had two strokes. And uh, when I was in hospital, the strokes, when they found out I had the two, two strokes, they were trying to find out the reasons why, you know, a 25 year old woman would have two strokes. Um, they they found the hidden cause was lupus and APS, which is called antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, which is a blood clotting disorder. But long, yeah, long uh, story short, lupus can really screw you over. And I think a lot of people don't know anything about lupus, but it's just an autoimmune disorder or disease. And it comes in and it's really aggressive sometimes. And I think after the birth of my daughter, I just was like, you know, my body was at its weakest and yeah. it just went free for all. And unfortunately, yeah. What was that experience like having two strokes? I can't imagine how scary that was. Yeah. Oh my God. It was uh, terrifying. And I had aphasia, I had full on aphasia, which is the inability to talk. And I had such profound effects on one side and uh, I went to hospital, went to a USA hospital. I went to two hospitals and they sent me home. They, they thought it was just postpartum stress. And mm-hmm. my manager came over from Australia and was like, Robin's like seriously ill. <laughs> like she needs to go to a hospital. And my family came over from Australia and took me back to Australia hospital. And then they, they actually took me like to a proper hospital and they did proper like MRIs and CAT scans where they were like, you've had two strokes. You're lucky to even be standing. And it's just like the American hospital is there. They're so packed in the American hospitals. Like people don't understand in LA, the hospitals there are just so packed and overwhelmed. The doctors are just like, if you're, if you're standing still, they'll just send you home again. But veganism I turned to veganism because a doctor contacted me and she was like, I can put your lupus into remission, but it's through a diet change. And uh, so I had to do her diet plan. And that was really hard for me because I had a cookbook, (laughs) you know, I loved, I loved me and uh, 
I was like, how am I going to do this? This is like doing a 180 on my lifestyle. Um, but, you know, I didn't want uh, any more strokes. You know, if you've had a stroke, you don't want another one. Trust me. Yeah. Um, so I did it for my my life and uh, she saved my life. I have no, I've got no antiphospholipid antibody syndrome anymore. It's gone. So if you've got an autoimmune disease and if you're listening to this, you, you can get rid of it, but you have to do a massive diet and lifestyle change. It's not, it's both. And uh, I was profound and it's Dr. Brooke Goldner that did it with me. Um, but yeah, it was a two for one. And my partner did the shift with me to veganism for life style and animal reasons he's an animal activist so he wanted to do it with me as well so I did it with my partner as well that would probably be helpful to yes. not have anybody in the house yes like yes. there's not we were talking about it together the other day and I was like imagine if he didn't do it or like it was just it would have been so much harder. I don't know how one partner does it and the other doesn't mm. You touched on before the state of the health system in America. Watching on from Australia, it seems like it's quite a scary place to be at the moment with the gun violence for the LGBTQIA plus community. How do you feel as a mum? I mean, do you send your child to school? Do you do you worry about that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I definitely worry about um, guns and violence like that. I. I'm upstate, so it um, it does feel like a much more smaller community up here, but there are guns up here. You know, people go hunting up here and they have guns. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not used to the guns, I have to say. I'm not, I'm not a gun fan. I would rather just have no guns. Like I don't see why anyone has to have guns. Um, it you know, seems and- like they just can't wrap their head around that though. It just... <laughs> It's like yeah. if you don't have guns, you won't have gun violence, but they can't. Yeah. It, it's not clicking. <laughs> I know. They're okay to do, like, they'll ban abortions before they'll, like, ban a gun. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I have no understanding of it whatsoever. But- Has your daughter done drills and, and that sort of stuff at school? Yeah, they've done drills. They've done, you know. I know it's it's more common practice. I know <laughs> it's a different it's a different world. They're laughing. <laughs> yeah, they've done the drills. Wow! At it's all her. We're all about making life simpler and better for women. How do you do that for yourself? Uh, I compost. Uh, I think composting is really good for the environment, and I think anyone can compost. So. If you're listening, compost today. <laughs> Please start composting today. Like it's actually, I want to start. I'm almost going to start begging people to compost, which is going to be embarrassing. But it's because like everyone throws out their waste, and I'm like, if you've got vegetable matter or you know, just you've got to put it in the dirt, you know, and then you can um, put some other dirt on it, and then you've got new dirt for the next year. Because I garden. So I'm really into composting and making my own dirt and soil. And um, I've got an epic uh, compost patch over there and I've got amazing dirt and I have amazing gardens now because you can create soil. So I'll stop nerding out. But if you, <laughs> you can also donate your compost, you know, if you don't want to like 
you know, you can freeze it and donate it. And in New York City, I used to do this. You know, I used to be in a New York City apartment, like 22-year-old girl, like, you know, all that. But I would still freeze my compost and I would still donate it in New York City Union Square. They would have these uh, uh, areas where you can just, like, put it in because that's how much we need our fruit and vegetable matter back into the soil because our soil matter is really um, deprived and it needs its nutrients. So. I'm going to go look into composting and yeah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's an interesting subject, but yeah, composting is very important. <laughs> Robin, thank you so much for joining us and um, talking about, you know, all things work, veganism, and your really exciting partnership. All the links will be in the show notes. All the best for the rest of the year. Thank you so much, Jordi.